We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Bullshit, it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to crack your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. But why male models? You serious? I just told you that a moment ago. Hey! Here's Johnny. Ah! Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> guys, guys, guys! You're gonna need a bigger boat. Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You hear that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in English, please. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Well, we just jump straight into it there. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Unscripted the Film Show for another Thursday night. Uh, my name is Lewis and I am joined once again finally by the exceptional Cecilia and Rachel. How are you guys feeling now that you've overcome the spicy flu? <laughs> it's good to be back, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's mm. good to be, you know, back. Yeah. <laughs> Isolation I is I think horrible. I've still got um, COVID fog. I was thinking, as I was trying to say something at work the other day and my boss who's already had COVID was like, I'm like, oh, what was I going to say? And she goes, don't worry, it's just COVID fog. It'll come back. <laughs> uh, I just thought, you know, there's nothing worse than being stuck in isolation with your own thoughts for seven days, especially when you're someone like me who is just constantly, I have to be doing something all the time. I was like, I can't do this. I can't lay down and watch TV for a week. It's not me. Like, no. I, I know I review films and TV shows, but that's actually a very small portion of my life. <laughs> it's a great portion of my life, but I'm not the kind of person who can stay at home for seven days and watch TV. Everyone's like, oh, just enjoy it for what it is. I was like... Ew, no, I can't enjoy this. Ew, David, there's Ew. no one to talk to. <laughs> Literally, there was no one. I was cleaning my house every day, doing washing to the point where I realised this is too much and I do need to go and lay down and uh-huh. have lots and lots of sleep. Yes. So um, yep. I slept a lot. Mm. Um, but I also did a, a few bits and pieces, so I wasn't completely um, useless in my time of spicy cough land. So oh, it's okay it, to be useless in spicy cough land. You're supposed to rest. I know. Is that, is that your, so your recommendation uh, is rest? Is that how, how the best to deal with a spicy cough? I think so. It's, it's hard and I think COVID affects everyone differently. We know this for a fact. For me, it wasn't any worse than a... I've had worse colds and flus, honestly, I have. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so for me it was like... You know, well, I, I need some sleep. I'll get some sleep. So I did that. But You got a phenomenal amount of sleep. I did. There was one day where I slept for 17 hours, guys. 17 hours. And I was so confused when I woke up too because I didn't know what day. I didn't know what time. I didn't really... Did you go to sleep at night and then slept until like... Yeah, so I went to sleep quite early. It was maybe 7.30 p.m. at night. And then didn't wake up again until the next morning, um, God knows when. But I realised when I calculated it was 17 hours. Wow. And I think I briefly remember getting up to go to the bathroom, but it was very hazy, very foggy. I don't actually know if I did. Um, <laughs> I obviously didn't go to the toilet in my bed. Which is good. Which yes, is yeah. fantastic. But I, I have this brief recollection of, of getting up and going to the bathroom and, and not really, like being really dazed and kind of drunk. Dazed and confused. Yeah. So um, that, it, it clearly affected me in that respect. So there mm. you go. 
But yes, I would I would rest. Yes. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to do a whole lot of things because I'm at home. Your body needs it. Yeah. Just just rest. Because Bryce and Chris got it as well, didn't they? Yeah, so Bryce got it first, yeah. had it for like two days kids, and kids, then eh? it was fine. <laughs> and for him it was basically like a bit of coughing and a mm. bit of runny nose over it in two days. Yeah. And then it took me and Chris a few more days to actually test positive mm. and get it. And so we had another week. Of, so we had 14 days of isolation mm. um, in the end, which is a long time. Mm. Um, but, yeah, after that, um, yeah, it just takes a little while to, to get back to yourself. So, I mean, I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is still not. No, no, so we can, we can tell. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I had it almost three weeks ago now. Mm. So, yeah. and, yeah, my voice is still, I've still got the smelly cat voice. Mm. Mm. Smelly cat, <laughs> smelly cat. Yes, I'm still coughing occasionally and people are looking at me going... And I'm like, no, it's fine. I've had it. It's fine. I've had it. I'm not currently, I do not currently have it, but I've had it. It's fine. <laughs> so um, there you go. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just, it's interesting. Like, uh, you know, it, it just happened all, all of a sudden where mm. like Quizzy had it and then you guys had it. One of my colleagues at work got it. It's kind of like, but fortunately, I think because of the, our, you know, great vaccination rate that we've got here in WA and the fact that most people have mm. like, you know, three vaccinations, uh, when you do get it, we're not getting it as badly, which is great. It means yeah. our hospitals aren't getting clogged up with people there or respirators or anything like that. Um, so when they say soft landing, I kind of understand what they're talking about. Exactly. So, yeah. Yes, is... because I have a, an anti-vaxxer friend and she got very sick. Yeah. Mm. So I could only um, imagine yeah. how sick you would feel without that vaccine. Cause... Well, she said she had to just keep, I'm, I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen to this, but if she does, she knows how I feel. Um, and if she doesn't, she does now. Um, <laughs> but um, she said she just kept hopping in the shower all the time because it was the only thing that kind of made her feel human. Oh and then goodness. she was crawling from the shower to her bed. Oh, my God. And it was like that for three weeks. And her son got it really bad as well because, you know, she's like, no one's getting vaccinated. I want a choice to not what I put into mm. my body. And it's like... Yeah. Yep, I didn't feel like that. So oh, I didn't. I definitely had worse flus. Uh huh. I have not. That's not everybody's. That's my experience. I'm not saying that anyone else's experiences. Yeah. So yeah, I think that without that vaccine, and the whole time I had it, I was like, thank God for being vaccinated. Thank God for this vaccine. That that's what I thought. I honestly thought that the entire time. I was like, because this could be so much worse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But oh well, it is people's choice. It is. It is uh, not the not the award show, but no. uh, <laughs> welcome to the People's Choice Awards. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you just come up on stage, they jab you. It's great. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, uh, so we do have stuff to talk about. We do. Uh, on the show tonight. Plenty. Now, I went last night to the launch of the Revelation Film Festival um, program, uh, which is it's really uh, it's just cool. They played some. <laughs> previews for the a few of the uh, movies that are coming up in Revelation and they looked freaking amazing. Um, I mean, so- they always are. They yeah. always are. I don't even know how they go about choosing stuff because they, they get sent so much stuff. I think they, they finish a Revelation film festival and they bounce straight or go straight into working out the next year's program. Yeah. Because yep. I subscribe to their 
their emails and I get emails regularly mm. from them, which is great. And it's them kind of picking things and announcing different things. So it kind of leads it up to it. But I think it's really cool. And I've been to one of these before. It was um, really good. Some really interesting, diverse films. It's where I seen McQueen, which is that documentary oh, yeah, I, yeah. I rave on about all yeah. the time. And uh, yeah, absolutely love it. There was one uh, trailer I saw yesterday um, called Heavens Above. And it's a, the, this movie about a guy who uh, becomes a, um, a saint uh, all of a sudden, like he's got this halo above his head, mm. and uh, the effects it has on his life—it looked hysterical. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a comedy, but it was—it yeah. was very, very funny. It was—it was really cool. Um, and there was another one that was set in uh, Nazi Germany, where uh, people got superpowers. Um, so I'm not sure that they, the, the trailer looked amazing, but uh, I'm not—I uh, ex- can't remember what the actual name of that. Uh, that movie was um and there was a an animated feature film as well uh about uh, Anne Frank um uh, which looked just beautiful and amazing so um yeah it's just the the, the all the uh, the films that we saw um as trailers look fantastic there's a a Mike Mignola a documentary uh, he's the guy who created Hellboy mm. uh so that's called uh, Mike Mignola drawing monsters I'm really looking forward to um checking that one out that uh, looks amazing there's um a couple of here that are sparking my interest there's a documentary called dreaming walls inside the chelsea hotel which is a very very famous new york hotel legendary in fact um people like jim morrison and patty smith um have stayed there and uh yeah very very interesting uh hotel with a lot of history um and basson dream i'm very interested in this and it is obviously based in perth um, it's set in the 90s, last day of summer school holidays in 1990s Perth over a 24-hour period, a kaleidoscope chronicle of an ordinary suburb unfolds. So something local, that's nice, Bass and Dream. And, I mean, it, 90% of the time you're just going to be able to pick a, a movie and be happy with it because um, the selectors have done all of the hard work for you. They've gone through hundreds and hundreds, possibly thousands of films in the year to pick out, um, you know, the best of the best. So um, it is happening Revelation Film Festival next month, the 7th to the 17th of July. So you can have a look at the the schedule and the films um, at uh, revelationfilmfest.org so all the information is there online for you. And I, what I can definitely recommend is the documentary uh, Navalin which I saw last night. Uh, do you remember uh, a few years ago uh, the leader of the opposition in uh, in Russia uh, I, I think I use that in, in quote marks because mm-hmm. uh, there really uh, you know, isn't uh, democratic elections in, in Russia uh, but he was um, poisoned uh, and on a, a plane ride back to um, his home mm. and uh, almost died and then went to Germany and, and recovered um, and uh, this is a documentary about him and it is harrowing uh, it really is, and it just shows you what a really screwed up place Russia is, and uh, how much they need to get rid of Putin. And uh, you know, th- this this is the guy that uh, you know would hopefully do it, except mm. for the fact that he's in jail because he, um, yeah, he, he, after being poisoned, he went back to Russia, and they they arrested him and threw his ass in jail. What for though? They, just just for being a a, a political. It, it's a political. Um, you know, thing it's, it's crazy. It's because uh, he's like you know, uh, 
offering an alternative to mm. what's there. Oh, and they don't He's like that. He's calling out the fact that the um, you know the leaders of Russia are pretty much just corrupt and are just in there to make themselves billions and billions of dollars because mm. apparently that old uh, uh, you know, president there is uh, one of the richest people in the world because uh, yep. I think he keeps stealing from his, his people. So, That's insane. Yeah, not a good guy. Not a good guy. No. Um, anyway, the yeah, Revelation Film Festival, that's going to be in uh, July. And in, interestingly, it's the uh, 7th to the 17th of July is going to be like in cinemas. And then the 18th to the 24th is going to be online because there's a Revelation screening service as well. Yeah, that's I'm, so I'm, cool. like I'm totally up for that, especially when you've, you, you know, there's a lot of people who, uh, like myself, not always wanting to get into the cinema with hundred, hundreds of people. Um, you can look at it online. So... Good stuff. And if you do uh, get yourself a, a Revelation uh, Film Festival guide, there's a QR code uh, that is on, on the guide uh, and it's um, like, well, if you, you've probably got a better phone than mine. Um, <laughs> it goes straight to their website and that way you can um, have a look at the details. Dash is going to give you some animated art because oh. if, you, if you notice on there, the artwork for Instagram, is, look at this. Yeah, the artwork cool. on there is a bit weird and like uh when you actually see the moving and it's the better. artwork it's, yeah. it's really awesome oh see I'm so excited there's always lots of short films too and films from wa oh that's cool <laughs> oh okay lewis you'll have to um hang on oh that's so cool yeah. oh it's 3d so you get you you've got this you know flat picture <gasps> on the look at that, look at that. Yeah. i need to try somehow like trying to document this yeah you've got you got the flat picture on the uh, yeah. the Revelation uh, uh, brochure or catalogue, and then you put your your phone over the top of it, and like the three D art pops out. Yeah. It's really impressive. So uh, even, even if yeah, get it for the uh, get it for the cover art, then stay for the movies. So uh, I I think it's about time <gasps> now to uh, play yeah. an advert, and then we will uh, discuss what we're going to talk about uh, from uh, here on out. So okay, uh, you've lost me for the next ten minutes. I'll okay. play with this. Right, she's going to enjoy her Revelation catalogue. We'll I be am. back soon. There we go. And we're back. And Rachel's still, she's she's obsessing. She's obsessed over it. I'm going to get a better video during the next break because the last one I took had me talking. Unless you guys think it's okay for me to... That, that It is. It's amazing. It is absolutely fantastic. I just, um, I, I'm just flabbergasted. Like... It's it's taken things a whole new level. I mean, you know, in this day and age of your know, online kind of stuff, why mm. do you need to have a physical you know, brochure? But like now, it's because it's fun. You can show people that, it's and people go, "That's I can't amazing. wait to go home and show my son. He's He'll gonna be, that. think that's amazing because <laughs> I think it's amazing. He'll love that. I'll pop the video up soon. Um, you'll just have to ignore my talking. Oh, uh, maybe we'll get a better we'll one. We'll get a better one. We'll get a better one. So, with no talking. Yeah. So Revelation <laughs> Film Festival. We're excited just by uh, the, the artwork. The artwork. It's, <laughs> it's great. But uh, yeah, it is coming very very soon. Uh, now we have seen stuff. Uh, before we get into your reviews, I do want to say that. Uh, JB's had a sale on a few weeks back. Uh, buy one, get one free. And I love my physical media, so I went in and I, I bought uh, you know the stuff I was missing that I needed to you know complete my collection. But one thing I did mm. pick up uh, was um, gunpowder milkshake because I never saw it in the cinema because it was kind of like you know, did you not? no. Ah. And so I got it and I watched it and I really enjoyed it. How it cool great. is it? Yeah, that scene with um, no hands. Yes, is it no hands. She's got hands. Just She's, that, she that has hands. 
her arms don't work. Her arms yeah. don't work for a period of time. And, and yes. so uh, she gets, because there's this uh, little girl who has lost her dad and she is, you know, trying to, you know, keep her alive and keep herself alive, but there's people trying to kill her. And this doctor, um, he injects this stuff into her that, uh, you know, completely incapacitates her arms. So she gets a little girl to uh, tape a gun to one hand and a scalpel to the other hand and then she she fights these people with you know just floppy arms and then then she's got to drive a car with arms that don't work and again using the the girl to steer while she's using the pedals it was just it was action-packed and it was like a, a female not just a female led like a fully female action film and it was brilliant and uh yeah i think more people need to see it so um Gunpowder Milkshake, uh, I'm not sure where it's streaming uh, or if you can go, just go and buy it on a physical copy. It's like 15 bucks. It's really good. It's worth it. It's definitely worth it, I thought. And it's got that real cool neon noir kind of feel about it as well. Some really cool camera effects and it's quite gritty as well. It's not, it's it's comedy, but there is some real dramatic elements to the film as well. Kat was saying she thought it felt like a a cross between like Sin City, Mm. uh, Tarantino film and something done by Wes Anderson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's got that colour in it. Yeah. It's really vibrant, but it's also, yeah, quite um, gory like a Tarantino film and, and Sin city as well so it is awesome it is awesome but you you guys have seen stuff i've spoken enough for the last uh two weeks so tell us what have you seen we were going to kick off with a horror so i don't know if that's that's the best way to go let's do it do it so this film is called hatching i read the synopsis to this one and i thought i've got to i've got to see it it just sounded so bizarre so strange uh it's a finnish horror and it's a featured debut for hannah bergholm but in the film we meet 12 year old tinya She's a gifted young gymnast who just really wants her mother's approval. Uh, Her mother's this really obsessed kind of person that has this blog. She wants to present the perfect life to her followers. Uh, You know, her house is pretty. Everything's just absolutely gorgeous. and, And she's just so, everything has to be tip top, just perfect. So one day Tinya is walking home from her gym class and she finds this mysterious egg which she decide that sounded like I was reading a book to a ch- children then. Mm. An egg, children. Um, a mysterious is- This is definitely not a children's film. Let's turn the page and see what hatches. (laughs) It's a monster (laughs) going to eat you alive. Yep. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Well, come come to the premise. But um, she brings it home and without spoiling too much, let's just say that what hatches is not from this world at all. So I won't... Is it Mork? No, it's not Mork. I wish it was. That would be very funny. um, How good would that be? It would be. Um, it, it really fuses together that kind of horror fairy tale type film. It's, you know, fantasy, there's sarcasm in there, but there's also a psychological edge to it. There's a moral to the story, kind of all about perfectionism mm. and, and, you know, repressed anger and, you know, maybe what hatches is, is a form of Tinya's repressed anger and that she wants to mm. tell her mum that she's not happy with how she's being treated and that she doesn't want to be a gymnast or, you know, she doesn't want to live a life of, you know, having to be perfect. So there is that kind of psychological edge to it. And, you know, it's not for everybody, but I think for those who enjoy uh, Gilmuro del Toro's work, it, it mm. feels very familiar to that, like your Pan's Labyrinth, um, that kind of fairy tale okay. dark 
fairy tale, I suppose. So, and it's got that fantasy aspect. So, you know, it's an interesting film. It's a finished film. It's not a long film. Uh, there's a lot of blonde people in this film for sure. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anyone in this film without blonde hair. But look, it's an interesting one. It's unique. It's new. It's fresh, and that's what I liked about it. <laughs> you just sounded like Catherine Kim. It's nice. It's, it's different. Nice. It's unusual. Different. It's unusual. But I like that. You know, it's something I haven't seen for a while. So, uh, it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's in select cinemas now. I'm going to score this three and a half. Oh, cracked eggs. Um, so what happened there for viewers at home? Um, I put my headphones into my computer to see if I could figure out how to pronounce something. <laughs> and I obviously it didn't recognise my headphones. So when I went to play it, it just... It spoke. Christos... T- Cholkus. I think I'm going to let the um, the thing pronounce it because that's too hard. Anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> moving moving on. on. It's always uh, it's always uh, a fun time here <laughs> at the show. Um, should I? Should we review? Should the, we talk about little tornadoes? The um, the new Aussie film. Oh, that didn't. Oh, that work. was that was very squeaky. Though. That was. <laughs> um, where's my volume? It it was co-written by. Christos. <laughs> I think you got you did actually get the pronunciation pretty close. Um, so, if you are not familiar with this particular name, um, he is the author of a, a few books. One of them um, being the Slap, which turned into a a, a very big um, TV show. So, do, did you guys happen to watch the Slap? Oh, I've read the book, but not, you are you watched the, you, I've read the you book. read the yeah, book, yeah, but I've never seen the series. So, oh. have you read the book? I or have you seen the series? I saw the series. Gotcha. And because of the series, really Rare. wanted to watch oh. the book. Uh, sorry, really wanted to read the book. But um, uh, for those of you playing at home, I have ADHD and reading a book is, is difficult. Mm. So I might have to um, go back and do an audio An audio uh, book. Thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but this, this film, um, Little Tornadoes, is, it's, it's um, an Australian film set in rural Australia, uh, Australia 1971 and there's a lot of different stories kind of interlocking together but the main one um, is about a young man whose wife is kind of sick of living in in this small town and, and leaves him to basically care for the kids by himself and it kind of turns his life upside down like he's he's not used to taking care of the kids full time like he doesn't he has to learn how to you know make a sandwich mm. as poor kids are eating baked beans for dinner every night um and not just that but he's also his his father um this film actually is kind of a sequel were you aware of that? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay, so there was a film that came out um, in 2013 called Canopy. I'm just trying to find it um, and I can't. It's interesting, though, that you mention <clears throat> that because there is some things that happen in this film where you feel like there's something deeper about them. Yes. And and you wonder if that's a choice made by the director here to, to not let in on that or if it's something that's following on or going to become something else. So... so mm. um, Canopy was written and directed by the same uh, same guy as, as this one, Aaron Wilson. So, and Canopy took 
takes place in Singapore, February 1942, where an Australia fighter pilot um, is shot down over the jungle and he has to find his way back to Allied lines. So now it makes does sense. Jim's dad, uh, Jim's, um, uh, the, the main character's dad, um, I'm just trying to, why can't I find anyone's names here? Um, yeah, so Leo's dad, Jim, has had that very traumatic experience in Singapore where he's basically trying to survive and he has, um, it, it appears that he's got PST, uh, mm. P- PTSD. Thank you very much, sir. Um, so Leo has grown up in this household where his father has had all of these issues. He's then had another um, tragedy in his life and then so he's dealing with all those inner turmoil things and then his wife goes ahead and leaves him and leaves him with those two kids that he doesn't really know how to adequately care for um, but a somebody he works with um, young Tony who is an Italian immigrant says look my my sister's looking for a bit of work she's a great cook um, she can come over and you know help you out in the evenings which is what occurs so this this film is kind of um, just it's narrated by Maria um, partially in Italian and partially in English and she's kind of talking about this particular time um, where she goes and assists um, Leo and her kids uh, his kids and there's a lot going on in this period which I really wasn't aware of because I wasn't there you know Um, but 70 there was a very large amount of people who came from Italy to Australia after World War Two and um, and uh, th- this period here, I think I saw a, a, something like three hundred thousand. Oh wow! Or something That's like that. Huge. Um, I, I did read the the statistics because we got sent um, we got sent some details when we when we did the screener. Uh, three thousand seven hundred. Um, nope. 373,966 Italians came to live in Australia from 1945 to 1972. So in that, like, 30-year period, almost 400,000. And, you know, their experience was not fantastic. Australians were not very welcoming. Leo is sitting at this, you know, having lunch with Tony. He's the only one who will sit with him. And, um, you know, he, he says, you know can he come out to the pub with us? And everyone's like, uh, uh, not really. Mm. So um, there's a, a lot of different things happening. And then in the background you've got the news will pop up. And so there's like talk of, you know, the women's lib movement and, um, you know, how we should be pulling out of the, the Vietnam War. So there's a lot of stuff happening and it's almost like, the the title kind of says it, it itself, little tornadoes, like there's stuff happening around him, like lots of big stuff, but he's got this little tornado going on in his house and it's just surrounded by more and more like bigger mm. tornadoes. Um, anyway, what did you think? <laughs> I thought this was That was a such... weird review. No, no, no. That was, <clears throat> you've captured it perfectly and I thought that for me this was such a simply made film but so deep Mm. and I loved that um, Mark Leonard Winter who plays Leo 
really doesn't speak a lot in the film or show no. much emotion, but somehow you still see that sadness. I just wanted to give him a hug. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. this sadness uh, in his face. And I thought mm. that was really powerful. And, yeah, like you say, there's so much happening around him and he's so focused on trying to raise his two children and just navigating life with, you know, getting the kids to school on time, making lunches, just really simple things and mm. clearly struggling with it, you know, quite a yep. heartbreak too, you know. And then adapting to having Maria come into his life and then there's all this post, you know, Vietnam War stuff happening, immigration's happening. and Yeah, so there's so much happening and I think it's one of those gems that kind of really pulls you in. Mm. And, you know, I watched this at home and you... Yeah, saw this I at, watched home, at home and yep. I felt engaged throughout this entire film. I didn't. I don't think I picked up my phone. I didn't either. I just, I, I just really, really, really enjoyed this film. I thought it was uh, very thoughtful mm-hmm. and very thought provoking as well. It's a relatively short film, um, but it is really a a bit of a character study, but also a study of that snapshot in in time, mm. which you know probably our parents would remember. Um, but you know, it's so strange to me to to you know Tony's sitting there at lunch having spaghetti basically, and all of the other blokes are having um, sandwiches, and spaghetti was like, you know really really out there kind Mm. of food like you know Leo brings his dad Jim a a Tupperware container um, of some spaghetti and he's like I'm not going to eat that yeah I'm like and now it's something we eat so often here in Australia how often did your parents make you guys spaghetti uh, because it was a quick and easy meal every week and I cook it almost every week yeah so you know and and Italian food has become you know really important in Australia Mm. and this is what happens when immigration comes in is that we get to enjoy everything that comes along with uh, you know these people's history and culture so could you imagine how sucky Australian food would be if we didn't have different cultures coming in Vegemite sandwiches (laughs) bugs Pretty much bugs and Vegemite. If it it was uh, like English culture coming here, Mm. then we would have had like all the boiled meats and vegetables and stuff like that. Oh, we did though. Yeah, I know we did. But then then we also had the Asian influence come in here. So Mm -hmm. we got to get like a, you know, mee goreng and we got curries from India and then we got, you know, Vietnamese people. So we got the barmy rolls and then Mm. we, you know, every culture that comes brings all that good food from their culture. Mm -hmm. And people have got to open up and they've got to try different things because if everything you're eating is just roasted you're missing out on so much <laughs> just roasted mind you my roast potatoes mind you the uh you know some of that chinese roast pork oh tasty <laughs> sorry i shouldn't say that it's a vegetarian i apologize <laughs> yeah it's a really interesting film i i i quite enjoyed it um and i'm gonna give it four um authentic Tupperware containers. Oh, because um, I feel like the, the the detail in the props department, like props to the props, man. Props <laughs> to the props. Honestly, did they, it, did it's they did they just get like Tupperware from that time period because it still exists? Oh, oh well, it's it's possible, but even like you know the kids' school bags. Yes, I was looking at them going, I had those school bags. You know, like it's. What era was it set in? It was 1971. Were the, ba- were the bags like the canvas <clears throat> bags you could no, write on? No, no. That's ah. what Chris thought they were. Uh, they're sort of like, um, it's really hard to describe. It's almost like, you know, old school doctor's bags where they kind of open up and the 
know anyway. I do. I know what you mean. And I've obviously seen the film, so I know yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. Um, <laughs> it's too hard to describe. I'll show you a photo. But, okay. you know, there was a lot of things that I saw in the film that were like, um, even though I was born in the 80s, a lot of stuff from the 70s carried on. Mm. And I was like, yeah, recognise that. Yeah, mm. oh, I know that. <laughs> I, I haven't seen those those uh, bags, that you that, that yellowish kind mm. of hesh look. I know exactly you, what you're talking you about. Light on them. I haven't seen those in years. They must be ripe for a comeback. Like hipsters must be just like hipsters celebrating to bring them back. Them. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yes, I gave it four 70s Tupperware Ooh, nice. containers. I'm going to score it four and a half red dresses. No, very good. Oh, excellent. Well, we are going to go to a, another ad and we will be back uh, with more Unscripted the Film Show in a moment. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Have you guys, uh, during your your, uh, COVID haze, did you watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus? No, um, I I want to, but I want to be able to sit down with Bryce and watch it together, obviously. Right, okay. So it just hasn't happened haven't had the opportunity. I, I am looking forward to it. Cecilia, I think you should watch this this movie. Chippendale. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Rescue Rangers. Did you ever watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the cartoon, but as you, when you were a kid? No. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Is this not a cartoon? Well, no. Rescue Rangers. It is a cartoon, but it is a cartoon more like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. Ah. Yeah. Because in Chippendale, you know when Chippendale they speak, they've got those high-pitched chipmunk voices? Mm. Well, in this film uh, they have human voices. So they're played by Andy Samberg and John Mul- Mulaney. Um, and they, uh, Chippendale were friends who met at school. They moved to California. They became actors. And they were cast in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. They came up with the chipmunk voices mm-hmm. and... That was a start of history, right. but there was there was a, um, a a bit of a falling out in the friendship because uh, you know uh, it was uh, Chip or Dale. One of, uh, one of them decided that they'd get their own TV show because they weren't the main guy on Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, oh. and uh, and then there's a bit of a falling out. But they come back together to solve a crime, and it's a a. Um, a universe where you've got humans, where you've got different animated style characters. <clears throat> so you've got like, you know, Chip, uh, Chip is uh, 2D, Dale is 3D animation because he got the uh, the uh, cosmetic upgrade to be three-dimensional. Mm. Oh. Um, and and I, I might have got that around the wrong way. I apologise if that was the case. Uh, and uh, then you've also got like a Gumby kind of character. Uh, you've got uh, some of those, you know, in the... Um, uh, in the early 2000s when they were doing those, like, oh, my God, this is a real-looking human animation thing. But the eyes were kind of dead eyes and he gave you that Uncanny Valley kind of situation. Mm. They've got some of those characters in there. It's It basically just, you know, has every version of uh, animated characters that have ever existed. And lots of cameos of, like, you know, Roger Rabbit and DJ oh. Scat Cat from uh, the Paula Abdul video. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, it's brilliant. Oh. It is It is one of my favourite animated movies I've seen in a very, very long time and I just encourage people to go and to watch it because I think you could go, oh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, it just must be a movie about the, of the cartoon but it is such a different animal that it is just fantastic. 
So, yeah, definitely worth watching. I look forward to seeing what you and Bryce think. Yeah, I'm super excited. I, I saw it and I was like, yeah, we're definitely watching that. Watching that one. Um, I did watch a few TV shows while I was in lockdown. Um, Russian Doll Season 2 is on Netflix um, and I binged quite a bit of that. I did get to a certain episode and just haven't got back to it, not because it's not worth it, just because there's been other stuff on um, or to do. Um, but it's really good. You guys have both seen it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, I did start watching Russian Doll Season 1 eight ago when it first hit and for some reason I tape it off it. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Have you watched the second season I've watched all the second season. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I've gotten to the uh, – I won't say because <laughs> it it'll give it away, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I've gotten to a certain point in time and I just haven't – It yeah. was it was interesting because the first uh, Russian doll was her being – trapped in a time loop mm. where she died and kept on coming back to the same point in time. Mm. Uh, and this one, uh, again, is dealing with time, but dealing with time in a different way. Yeah, yeah, which it's, I was surprised by and I don't particularly want to give away that mm. because I feel like uh, people have probably watched trailers but I didn't watch any trailers leading up to it. So it was quite a lovely surprise to see which direction they were taking it. So, um, It is yeah. a very, like the first one was a... Like, even though it was timey-wimey all over the place, it was still a very, very straightforward mm-hmm. story. I thought the second season was a lot more difficult to follow what was going on mm. as not the kind of show you can sit down and have your phone out and no. be scrolling and Trying have it on the background. Attention. You've got to actually sit down and pay attention. But, I mean, if it's the episodes are only about 30 minutes mm. long anyway, so it's relatively easy to do. Um, the other thing that I started watching, and um, because the episodes are coming out one at a time, I haven't watched the whole season, is The Staircase. Um, so Cecilia said that you, you talked about this um, while I was away. I did, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sick of that guy. I hate that guy. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> and then a day later of like, I've binged all the available episodes. <laughs> I know, that's exactly what you said. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I haven't got through it. Um, I, I don't. I find the episodes really long. They, what, what they are really long. So The Staircase. Who is it you hate? Huh? Uh, well, let, let's it, his oh. name's Michael Pe- Michael, Michael Peterson. Peterson. Oh, you just hate the character, uh, the person that it's based on. Yeah, yeah. and Colin Firth is Colin... very, very good at um at portraying, portraying him, which is so weird because it's Colin Firth and he's so lovable. Well, this I... is the thing. That's what I'm struggling with. I'm like, I, but I love you so much, but you're being such an a hole. Yeah, I know. Um, so if people people who are not part of the true crime community um, are probably <laughs> not aware. I don't mean people who out who go out and commit true crime. Have you watched? I'm talking have about. You, have you watched Only Murders in the Building yet? Yes, I have. Good. I didn't think it was that great. What? It was okay. Anyway, <sighs> um, but people who so. listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, watch a lot of true crime documentaries, people who are not in that um, community. Watch true crime. It's like they go to these basements and there's people doing crime and they just sit there going, oh, oh, my God. Crime. But the, tr- the, the Staircase was a documentary that came out um, at the start of the 2000s-ish mm. Um, And it was like eight episodes. And this guy, um, Michael Peterson, was being accused of murdering his wife. She, the story he tells is that she fell down the stairs. But the amount of blood Mm. and injuries um, for that, it seems like, "Mm, nah, we think you killed her, mate. 
Um, and so you see these documentarians go and and basically be with him through the whole trial and then afterwards. And so this is kind of the um, uh, the fictionalised mm. or dr- dramatised version of it. So um, his wife is being played by Tony Collette and, um, yeah, Michael Peterson's being played it's interesting by though, Colin Firth. When you watch the documentary, <coughs> you don't really know much about Kathleen other mm-hmm. than what's said. Yeah. This is such an interesting idea that they bring life to Kathleen as a person yes. because you see, you know, events leading up, well, you see things leading up to the events. Mm-hmm. And I don't know because I haven't progressed. Does it cover some of those crazy theories that um, the trial went into? Not fully. Okay. Um, the, I mean, I don't know how many episodes you're in, but obviously the, they talk about the fact that he had an incident in his his earlier, earlier life, life. Yep. that involved a woman at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. So it's funny that there's two people in his life who have been found at the bottom of the stairs. Oh. Coincidence? I think not. So everybody... <laughs> why, do people, why do you keep moving to double-storey houses? <laughs> everybody in the true crime community has an opinion about this yeah. to the point where I went and saw that um, Baby Done film, um, the New Zealand film, and... Um, the the character this is a, a comedy film and she mentioned something in passing about uh blah 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 our theory and me and a couple of other people burst out laughing <laughs> nobody else in the cinema got it unless you know this but case. you're like oh they're my people yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when it finished i like you know tap somebody on the shoulder i'm like our theory staircase how was that <laughs> um but anyway so that was the other thing i was watching i know i'm talking for a long time um i haven't talked on air for a really long Gotta time get I feel it like all out. oh my god uh, i started watching the flight attendant which is with kaylee Kualoko. thank you very much yeah, that's, so you're i used to watch the first season of flight attendant yeah, yeah. i haven't gotten on to the second season right. it's one of those shows that i'm not fully invested in so I do things like fold my laundry Mm. while it's on (laughs) so um, I don't know how I feel about it I don't know if I like it or not I feel like I have to figure out where it's going it pulled me in but it didn't keep me if that makes sense I've seen the whole thing Mm. I haven't seen the second season but it definitely pulled me in and then I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a Let's huge fan of that Let's particular actress. Mm. And I think it's just because I hate Big Bang Theory. Mm. I don't know. Um, and I tried to watch Senior Year, which is the Rebel Wilson movie. Oh, right. Where she, um, she's a cheerleader in her senior year. She has a bit of an accident, cheerleading accident, and then wakes up and she's 37. <gasps> and so she's still – she's – you know, a 17-year-old trapped in a 37-year-old's body. And I love when you said I tried to watch. I feel like that's the review. I it tried is. to watch I it. I probably got 25 minutes in and I'm like, this is more of Rebel Wilson being Rebel Wilson. And as much as I like her as a person, mm-hmm. um, she just plays the same character over and over again. And I was just like, nah, not, nah, bye. Mm. And I turned it off. So, yeah. There you go. Mm. I, I just uh, remember Rebel Wilson from the first role I remember her from, which was in, I don't know if it was Ghost Rider or Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance, but she was like, uh, and he came along and it was like, his head was all, <laughs> and it was just like, ah, yes, Rebel. Rebel. <laughs> Have you guys played, like, 
the movie. Have you guys, you know about the Wordle phenomenon, right? Yes. 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 So Chris and I play that game every night and then we play, it's a terrible name, but I think it's Movievildle. Movie Wordle. It's Movie Wordle, yeah. basically. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but um, they show you a second of a movie and mm. you have to try and figure out what the movie is. And if you don't, they give you a, two seconds and you've got Aww. six tries, basically. So eventually you would get to six seconds. Yeah. Has never happened for us because... I'm on the team. <laughs> but if you are a big movie fan, it's quite fun to do it and see how quickly you can get it. And there's some movies that are so obvious. And you guys were talking earlier about the certain colours used in a movie. Mm. And there has been times where we've watched this one second clip and I'll say, oh, it's this movie. And you can tell because of the tone yeah. of the film. Mm. Um, it's quite a fun little film. I think that would really – I think I like that. Yeah, and then there's another one called Post – it's poster wordle. I don't, again, I forget how, what exactly what it's called, but it's all completely pixelated, and you've got twenty seconds, and it's, and it's the poster slowly oh. comes into ah, focus. Cool. And last night, before we even pressed the button, I said that's Jaws. So Bryce, uh, Chris, pressed the button and turned it off, and it was Jaws. Jaws. Nice. And there's a there's been a couple where it's like that's Pulp Fiction, that's Titanic, but it's a little harder. Yeah, but you can probably you gotta, like, tell from some of the colouring as well. You got to squint your eyes and kind of like yeah. Cat's cat's been getting into the wordle, the the hurdle. The hurdle is I think hurdle is the one where you get a snippet of a song. Oh, and oh I need to get that. Yeah, you get like literally it's the the first one she played me. It was just like a, a second. It was like this doom song, killing in the name of. And she's like, what? And it was exactly that song. I'm not good with hearing oh, music terrible. and guessing. I can I can probably do the film one, but I don't think I could do the music one. When when we were on a cruise ship, we were on the Disney cruise ship with our friend Stephen Colmasco, mm. we went and did a, uh, a Disney quiz and part of it was they played snippets of songs and you had to guess what the song was. And they literally would play a second of a Disney song and he would get it. That's he had – it was like one of these – Weird things like uh, um, I think he was a bit uh, like Aspergerish, and that was his thing was Disney songs. So he just, as soon as he heard a little bit of it, he knew exactly knew. what it was. He knew where it was from. It was just like, oh my god, that's insane! Uh, yeah, some people's brains just mm. remember certain things. <clears throat> some people, me. yeah, it's a cool party trick, cool talent. Is, yeah. We have got to play the last of our ads. Yes, and I have one more film to review. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the this ad um, is just a, uh, to remind you that uh, you know Luna Cinemas are in Leederville and also in Essex Streets as well. So if you are a Fremantle local, you have a you know, a local cinema you can go and check stuff out. There might even be some Revelation films playing there in a little bit of time. So. Uh, uh, we will be back in a little moment for a bit more reviews. All right. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area, or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. And yes, thank you very much to all of our sponsors. We really appreciate you keeping us on air. Um, now, the, the film you reviewed earlier about the uh, Italian guy... Um, 
Uh, yeah. Uh, little Tornadoes. Little Tornadoes, right. Yes. Okay, yes, yes. Um, so the film I'm going to briefly review today is out next week, June the 9th, and it's called Benediction, and it explores the turbulent life of First World War poet Siegfried Sassoon. So Siegfried, oh, Siegfried Sassoon came from... I guess caught kind of the Rothschilds of of Britain. So he's come from a very very wealthy family. He's had everything given to him in his life on a on a silver platter. He's extremely educated, um, and he does start writing poetry prior to going to war. Um, but then he he goes to the Western Front, and he becomes the the a leading um, war poet of the time. And he's he is a very strong and uh, vocal um, critic of the actual war itself and basically saying, you know, there are politicians that know they can stop this war but they're choosing not to. So he he becomes known for these poems but also known for his um yeah his his disdain for for the horror of war full stop. So his poems at the time um were very divisive because they they weren't um, pretty to read. They were very brutal. Some people said they were too brutal, but they were very, very honest looks on what was the brutality of exactly what was happening on the Western Front. So um, lots of people applauded him for it and lots of people said, what are you doing? You're almost um, unpatriotic for, for doing this. So um, it covers off some of that information, but it also looks into his um, his relationships and coming to terms with his homosexuality. He does, um, you know, have a relationship with a woman and have a child and everything, but it does look into to both sides of his, of his um, relationships with men and women. It, it looks at his... his um, so basically to stop him talking they send him to a a, a hospital like a world a, a war hospital and say he's got um shell shock mm-hmm. so they kind of put him away there to to shut him up so it, there's a few interesting things going on in this world uh, in this particular movie um and Siegfried Sassoon who I've never heard of before um is portrayed by Jack Loudon and in his later years portrayed by Peter Capaldi unfortunately I really did not enjoy this film at all. <laughs> I hate giving reviews where I don't enjoy films. Well, um, I think the thing is, though, you're <clears> gonna, <throat> we're going to see so many films that there are some that you're going to like less than others. I think I've just been so selective um, over the last few years because of my um, the time in my life to watch movies is becoming it has become less and less. So I've become very um, particular about the films that I say yes to. Um, so I, I was interested in this film. I thought it looked really interesting, but it was just extremely slow and very dull and boring. Um, and there's a lot of like long meandering shots and some and and like arty for the sake of being arty. And I, I don't know. It just was. Sometimes the movies like that are are for me, and other times they're not. And I'm wondering if I was not in the right frame of mind to watch the film regardless mm-hmm. but it is a long film and it really feels long so unfortunately um i'm only going to give this um 
two Catholic crosses because he does convert to Catholicism later on in the in the film. Well, it is two life. hours and 17 minutes long, so it is a fairly, fairly It, it long is film. a hefty film. And, look, there are many people who probably know who Siegfried Sassoon is mm. and will be interested in his life, um, but I just unfortunately wasn't one of those people. I, th- I think, like, when you're watching movies at home as well, it's got to be really gripping to, like... Make sure you're not uh, drifting off looking at your phone or... Well, I didn't look at my phone because I knew I had to review it, um, but it was difficult. Mm, mm. So, um, and I I have to admit, I did get to a point where I just gave up. So I didn't watch the full movie. I watched a a portion of it. Fair enough. So (laughs) (laughs) watched as much as I could bear and then I was like, no, I'm I'm out, I'm out. Well, Kat uh, Kat and I uh, have watched a bit of uh, TV at home. We watch this new show uh, on, well, not new show, that's that's, that's the wrong word to say, a new show to us. uh, Right. On Stan. A new old show. A new old show Mm. uh, on Stan called Girls 5 Ever. Oh, I've heard about this. I keep meaning to watch it. So this is the the film with um, is Busy Phillips in this? Yes, she yeah. Is. So they're like a, a a girl band that's getting back together or something. What? I was just, sorry, I was just looking at the uh, IMDb because because I I don't know if you do this uh, or if it's just me, but you look at uh, a streaming service and mm-hmm. you go, oh, it's got two seasons, and just assume that that show has two seasons, and then once you're done with season two, you're done, and then you go on IMDb and go, it's got four seasons. So I, yeah. Cat so and I have seen seasons one and season two. Two of Girls Five Ever, uh, but there is still another two seasons we have not seen because it is not uh, on Stan. Are you sure? Because it's showing only two seasons on IMDb for me. Uh, well, because it's got season four, episode eleven uh, here, uh, which aired on January third, twenty twenty two. Why is this only showing me two seasons then? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, just eight episodes each. Uh, yeah, no, it's showing. Wait, let's. Uh, Sarah Barry Ellis, Busy Phillips, Paula Pell, Renee Elise uh, Golds, Goldsberry, and Erica Henningsen. Mm. Yeah, so it's got uh, yeah, <coughs> Girls Forever. Uh, yeah, uh, it's very very frustrating. But uh, it's either got two seasons or four seasons. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's really cool because it's like uh, you know back in the uh, 90s and the early 2000s there was a lot of those manufactured bands boy bands girl bands uh, you know I guess the most famous is the Spice Girls and you know Backstreet Boys and and all that kind of thing Mm. well this is uh, you know the whole what if uh, you know one of those bands gets back together like 20 years down the track and it's a a, a really you know just it's a it's a funny heartfelt kind kind of show um, where four girls come back together to reform the band Girls 5 Ever because one of the girls has died in a uh, tragic infinity pool accident. Um, Right. And they try to, uh, you know, uh, reclaim their their lost celebrity from back in the day. They've all kind of moved on. And one of them is like a dentist now, one's a mother, one's just like grasping onto whatever fame she can get and the other one's Busy Phillips who is in a, a relationship with a, a guy from a 
boy band uh, and they're like doing the um, uh, the Instagram kind of, kind uh, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so um, we've, we've got a confirmation, uh, definitely only two seasons. Well, I... Only I'm, started last year, I'm 2021. disappointed it's only two seasons. I want more. Disappointed! Well, maybe, maybe there will be more. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there will be. Uh, well, there, there definitely will be because the next episode comes out on June 2nd, 2022. So obviously they're dropping week to week. So still, uh, it is a new show. We've gone back, gone back to the start. There's no way to know. <laughs> well, there is because it's a June second, twenty twenty two. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, Girls Five Ever is really good. It's on stand, so you should check it out. Uh, indeed, yeah. and um, just quickly, if you are listening live to Radio Fremantle, Quizzy is coming in uh, to take over, and we will be back next week. But if you get a chance, have a look at two Tom Hanks um, trailers that are out at the moment. Two completely different trailers. Uh, he is in Pinocchio, which comes out. He's playing Geppetto. Comes out September eighth on Disney, and he is playing the Colonel. Um, in the Elvis film um, directed by Baz Luhrmann, which is out, I believe, this month. So there you go, two very different roles. And the Elvis film is is the one he was filming um, when Corona started and he got Corona. Was that in Australia when you got Corona? That's right, Tom and, Tom and Rita, they got Corona. He was on the set of Elvis. He was one of the first ones. I know. There is a drink called Corona Rita, um, which is a, uh, it's a margarita with a bottle of Corona in it. Mmm, sounds disgusting. <laughs> I think we're going to end it there. We'll be we back are. again next week. Catch, Catch you later. Then. Bye. Got to cue the music. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.